Testing, check, check. Testing, check, check, check. We are live high above the streets of Evansville, Indiana. Beautiful Main Street there as you're seeing it live. Yeah, they don't have to look at the ugly Ohio River this time. Uh, at first, you know, I had it I had it a little bit, uh, I'm fixing my sound here. I had it a little bit uh, tilted up where you could see the river and downtown for a little bit, but uh you know i you thought, thought you'd uh, spare them this time the, the, the side yeah of, you know it is yeah. technically officially the most toxic river in uh you know in uh the united states so yeah anyway uh here we are and we are excited to be with you and this is a wonderful friday afternoon and tomorrow tomorrow no more working unless like us you enjoy what you do and then the work and fun never stops right pritchett yeah, well, and if you have my job instead of your job, the work never stops on Saturdays either. Well, that's what I meant. It never stops. It <laughs> yeah. never stops. It just... Yeah. Uh, Hervey Schmervy said that uh, when they get their credit card next month, we'll be the first person that they donate to. Hey, listen, don't anybody, hey. don't, don't anybody hurt yourselves nice. donating to us. All right. We're, you know, um, it goes. Have to, you fallen down and hitting your head? <laughs> we should be the first. I was gonna say, <laughs> as Frank Turek says, if you do, it'll go to feed starving children. Yeah, ours. ours. Right. Yeah. Okay, but um, listen, we are excited to be here today, and today yeah. it's gonna more or less these Fridays tend to more or less be Q and A's. Um, but we, we always have a topic. We like, well, I don't say we always do cause we might not always. And then we'll, feel we always pressured. come up with something 10 minutes before you press the record button. Yes. And literally um, and your that, show prep has become that's as about, pitiful as my show. No, prep. that's not true. Hey, let me tell you something. This is the fourth, I think video this week for Trinity radio. And, um, I have a Genesis series video that should have already been out and is going to be out later today. The only reason is YouTube was giving me sass when I was trying to upload. Mm -hmm. But uh, but anyway, hey, look, today we're going to talk a little bit about Mormonism, a little about atheism, and something that they share in common. Now, I noticed that our channel angel, Jim Amberg, was asking, did you stay up late to watch the debate last night? No, I watched it this morning, um, listened to it as I was biking to work today. Um, but Vocab Malone, may, you know, uh, some of you may know him from his own work and his own channel, or you may know him from David Wood's channel. But uh, Vocab Malone debated, I'm, I always say this guy's name, I think it's Kwaku, Kwaku L. He is probably the uh, most popular uh, kind of really trendy, happy Mormon apologist that's out there right now. Like as far and, as YouTube goes or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, at least as far as. And, and you know, here's the thing, Pritch. Have you ever seen Kwaku L? I think I, I think I saw him on a video with um, Jeff Durbin. Yep. And, and James, James White. White. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the, the thing about the thing about him is he embodies sort of the um, the uh, 
what people have always said about Mormons, which is whatever you want to say about them, they're, they're very nice people. Uh, at least the Mormon missionaries are always really nice, really friendly, want to help you with things. Um, you know, try, try to try to, you know, you know, you know, I've always heard all my life. They do that better than a lot of Christians do. And so we can appreciate that about them. Um, so I like I like Kwaku as an individual. I mean, I really do. I say that about a lot of the people that we respond to. But I really, really do like him as an individual. So you're saying all the other people that you respond no, to, I, you no, don't. I really, no, but I this really, one you really do. No, I really do like them. But Kwaku, I really, really you like. You like him better than the other. You like him more than you like the other ones that you actually do like. With some caveats, yes. With some caveats. Um, what so, are those caveats? I, the caveats are individuals that I do that I might like as much as I like him. Um, but that I doesn't like mean everybody. that he's not teaching things that are absolutely destructive to the gospel message. And that is why, and I know those are harsh terms, but this is a serious issue mm-hmm. and the gospel matters and people have bled and died so that you can have the Bible that you have in your lap or on your phone right now. And because of that, we should take seriously the defense of it. Eddie, um, I actually have an entire channel where I go through that and several videos up. So I encourage you to go check out Theology Geek Fitness and subscribe to that channel. And I've got two or three videos. I think I have three videos up. The first two kind of go over uh, how I did that. Um, And yes, thank you. I I have lost so much weight. I'm actually trying to gain weight now. So. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Jim Amberg, thank you so much always for these substantial super chats. Unbelievable. We love you so much. Um, listen, we love you even if you didn't give us money, but it helps. Um, mythicists claim Orthodox Christianity grew as fast as Mormonism. I think you mean that they grew about at the same rate. Any truth here? Any good sources on the growth of the early church? Well, um, there are a lot of good church history. I'm going to recommend a book, but first, there are a lot of good church history courses that you can get for free online. So, for instance, uh, I think I mentioned this last week, but you can go to biblicaltraining.org. Oh, Ron Bi- Biblical. Ron no, it's uh, somebody else. He's a British guy, but biblicaltraining.org and uh, listen to their church history stuff. It's really good and it's really expansive. Um, that that's a good detailed look. One of our Trinity sometimes professors, visiting professor who will be here in not too long. Um, Steve Gregg has an entire um, series on church history that is hours and hours long that you can listen to. And I mean, but for the church growth, rapidness of the church growth, you can get that pretty early on in the series. So you don't have to listen to the whole thing to get that. You could even just skip to the part where you want to hear that. But then also there is a book for those of you that, um, that, that don't like to read. I mean, that you, you know, cosmic skeptic, I think, who is an Oxford, uh, what do you call him? Oxonian Oxford guy. He um, even recently said he doesn't actually like to read, but he, he benefits greatly from it. Um, maybe there's a lot of people like that watching. Well, there's a great book that is a book, but it's very readable. It's aimed at um, lay people, not saying that about Jim Amberg, but just for anyone else listening, uh, that is kind of become very popular at the undergraduate Bible college level. And that is Bruce Shelley's um, church history. I forget what it's, I forget what the actual title is, but Bruce Shelley, S H E L L E Y. Um, it's just fantastic. I've started going through it because I think we should, if we're not already, I think we should use it in our church, uh, undergrad church history courses in the future. So, um, that's a good thing to check out. Uh, so there's a source for you there. Ooh, Eddie, I got another comment. I just don't want to buy new clothes. I had to replace my entire wardrobe, but I did it all at thrift stores. Like, um, Mother Teresa's, I went to Goodwill's, all of that. And Braxton will tell you, um, because I needed, when I bought things, I I had to make sure that my wife and Braxton both approved of my new wardrobe. And so far, they've they've both been generally pleased that I've, uh, you know, upgraded my wardrobe. And I did it all for... I don't know about, I spent about $400 all told over the period of a few months as I was losing weight. And when I went to the mall, when he goes off about fitness, I'm going to put downtown Evansville so you can look at that. (laughs) But no, it's interesting because I went to like a, a, a banana Republic outlet that we have here. And like, I priced a shirt and a pair of pants, which was like over a hundred dollars. And I was like, I got a whole wardrobe for, you know, if I bought three shirts here and three pairs of pants, I would have spent as much as I spent on a whole wardrobe. So thrift stores are your friend, my friend. 
go to thrift stores. Uh, the programmer says, uh, Dr. Hunter, do you think you will engage atheist academics like Dr. Alex Malpass rather than um, pop-level atheists like Rash Town uh, Rules? If he gets so, invited and they offer money, yeah. That's that, not, you don't set up your own those debates. Those aren't my qualifications. That's right. I don't set up my own debates. People set them uh, up, myself. and they do pay you to do those things. But, I, but that's they not— They paid re- Matt Dillahunty, and they paid all those— I don't require—I didn't get paid to do the thing on Unbelievable— yeah, but that's I, that's because it required you to sit here, and you sit I, here all the time. I don't require so. money to teach the gospel or defend it, but if people give me money, I, I accept it. Um, but I like Jim Amberg and and Daniel uh, Daniel apologizes. Yeah, I mean, but you, you let me answer people, the question. Yeah, let me answer the question. So here's the thing: uh, I have actually conversed with Alex Smallpack. Well, it's not as though we haven't responded to the the uh, some of the heavier thinkers and stuff before too. But, but I have talked with Alex Malpass, Malpass before about something on infinity and I haven't ruled that out. The, the thing, the thing about it is um, we want to, so at heart, I'm an evangelist. I'm only an apologist insofar as I think that people, if they see the truth defended and then believe it, they might accept it and believe on it and become Christians. That's what I think I'm here for is not just to defend it for intellectual stimulation. Although we do do that some too, that's fun. But no, the, the reason is because I want to see people come to Christ. And so when Amen. I see someone, so what, so what I look for is who is making the biggest influence, who's making the biggest impact. And unfortunately, some of the people that are making the biggest impact are not the people that have the most intelligent or sophisticated things to say about that. Not to say that that's true of everyone that I review. I'm just saying in general, that's often what you get. And so I'd rather debate someone like, um, you know, uh, Dan Brown, who's the head of the, um, uh, what is it? The Freedom From Religion Foundation and is on the news all the time and has all these thousands of followers because I know I'm hitting more people. And so, uh, so I'm, it's not that I'm opposed to those things. It's just that's kind of how that Plus, works. Plus, they never schedule you against those guys. They always yeah. schedule William people like want the and, yeah. People want the thumpers. All right. Um, and Daniel Apologetics, thank you for that five-pound um, uh, foreign money donation. I appreciate that. Joshua 1013, Sun Stood Still. You guys take on it. I'm studying it these days for a future video. By the way, God bless you, brothers in Christ. Um, I think that the sun stood still. And as far as all of these scientific things people want to say about, well, what would that do to the rotation and destroy everything and mess everything up and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's a miracle. Okay. God's in control of all that stuff. And, uh, the fact is, um, if you don't believe supernatural stuff, you're going to have a hard time with the Bible because supernatural stuff happens in it and it's miraculous. So Bridget, your take. Yeah. Luther didn't Luther say that that for him, uh, confirmed that the sun goes around the earth. Say that, say that again. I think that was a verse that Luther himself, and I think even Calvin both kind of affirmed, um, of course, that the sun goes around the earth, not the other way around, based mm-hmm. on that verse. Well, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I have to look at think, that. I think, I think that's right. I All think right. they both made that. We've comment. got a couple of video clips. Um, let's get into it. First of all, it's no surprise that atheists, uh, atheist naturalists, I, I didn't say atheist naturalists on the thumbnail because it's a thumbnail card. You can't fit everything on the thumbnail that you would like to. And if you get too wordy, people don't read. Yeah, sometimes he leaves me off so that he can have other people. I've he, only ever done that one he's time. He's never left himself off and put yes, me on Yes, I there. have. And put I, me on there without you? Maybe. I don't know for sure. No. But that's only happened one time. And you know why I don't know? Because I wouldn't notice if it happened to me. You notice. What's the name of the show? Trinity Radio. What's the name of the channel? Uh, <laughs> YouTube.com slash Braxton right. Hunter. Okay, then. Well, it, it predates you. I can't I help know. that. All right. Well, we have a couple of video clips. Uh, let's uh, let's get to them. So it's so, so surprised that naturalistic atheists um, believe ultimately matter is all there is. Now they're going to want to caveat that. But the truth is they believe that um, physical stuff, space, time, physical matter, that's all that exists. Um, and anything immaterial that you want to describe as immaterial just comes off of that physical stuff. In other words, one of the big differences between Christians and uh, naturalistic atheists is which comes first, mind or matter. We believe that mind um, precedes matter, not necessarily in the idealist sense, although not ruling that out, but in the sense that the mind existed immaterially that before the physical world did. Um, atheist materialists will believe that the physical world gave rise to minds, right? That's, that's the fundamental. And that is referred to as, um, 
as a form of idealism, but not the sort that we, we typically think of. All right, so, uh, but that's no surprise. And so because of that, they often want empirical stuff. They want science or something science-y. Um, let's, uh, let's take a look at a clip from, and, and this just was in my computer because it was just last week. We had a show with Tim Hull, um, who is the uh, executive producer of The One Minute Apologist. And he brought bionic, bionic dance uh, clips. And so I had one, but just to refresh you on how atheists think about this. Because unless you have the kind of hard, physical, scientific data that a god was involved in any of it, then you're just making stuff up. Yeah, you have to have physical evidence. Don't give us arguments. Don't talk about historical arguments for the resurrection. Don't talk about personal experience. Don't talk about intuition. You need to be able to put it into a beaker is basically yeah. what we're getting. And if that's a caricature, you know, stereotypes exist for a reason, man. I'm just trying to be brief with my words. Um, or this wonderful old uh, clip from last year. And our friend Eric Hernandez gets to make an appearance. Conducted this experiment, as I explained, over and over and over and over again, having this exact conversation at least once a week for 20 years. Not one Christian ever has produced evidence. He didn't either, nor can you. No one can. It doesn't exist. That's not the I debate demand tonight. that anybody, anybody in this room who calls yourself a Christian, if you think you have scientific evidence to indicate you're God, Bring it. You ain't got it. I win. I'm sorry my question upset you, but that wasn't my question, but I'll move on. Thank you. <laughs> Eric. Okay, when you get winded from speaking, maybe lay <coughs> off the booze. Uh, I didn't say that. I did. When you get winded from speaking, you have to suck down air just to say three words before you suck down more air. Maybe it's time for a life change. Okay. Well, that certainly is true, regardless. All right, um... Uh, yeah. So, all right, let's, um, so now that's, that's atheist. We hey know man, I used to get winded from getting off the couch and I was like, yeah, this is a problem. Yeah. That's, should, that's where I'm currently at. Right. When superhuman feats of standing up are, yeah. are very complicated, <laughs> <laughs> you, you might want to do something. Super, that's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> this is my superhuman feat of standing up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's good. When you become winded. Oh, uh, all right. Okay. So, so, uh, atheists that are naturalists we we know that they stand where they stand on that and it's even led to people like um i couldn't i, I didn't want to go looking for the clip but i know i've heard matt dillhunty say before about this like he'll say so if it's not in the physical universe it's not real so you're saying it exists like god exists but he's not real no we think god exists and he's real He's just not physical, right? That's the that's the point. Yeah. Uh, but let's. Uh, but it might surprise you to know. Some of you may not know that a that uh, Mormons actually share this hardcore materialism with atheists. That came out clearly in the in the debate last night with Vocab Malone. That um, they they believe that I liked how Vocab Malone said is like spirit for them is like uh, just looser physical. It's like Slimer from the Ghostbusters. Slam R N. You had it right the first time, uh, Eddie. Yes, we are. Um, yeah, we're supposed to pray for, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pray for everyone. Okay. Uh, but, but here's the clip of Kwaku L from last night's debate. We know that God, the father is an embodied physical person for him to be immaterial would make him essentially nothingness. We know from the doctrine and covenants, a scripture given to Joseph Smith for the entire world, that all spirit is a form of matter. If not, wouldn't exist. For example, I want to quote an early apostle of the Latter-day Saint Church, Carly B. Pratt. He said this, Nothing exists which is not material. The elementary principles of, of the material universe are eternal. They never originated from nonity, and they can never be annihilated. Immateriality is but another name for nonity. It is the negative of all things and beings of all existence. There is not one particle of proof to be advanced to establish its existence. It has no way to manifest itself to any intelligence in heaven or on earth. Neither God, angels, or men could possibly conceive of such a substance, being, or thing. It possesses no property or power by which to make itself manifest to any intelligent being in the universe. Reason and analogy never scan of it or even conceive of it. Revelation never reveals it, nor do any of our senses witness its existence. It cannot be seen, felt, heard, tasted, or smelled even by the strongest organs, or the most acute sensibilities. It is neither liquid or solid, soft or hard, or track, in short, it can exert whatever. It can neither be act or be acted upon. It, doesn't, it is of no possible use. 
it possesses not one desirable property, faculty, or use. Okay, so here he is um, giving us his own thoughts and quoting from, I just want you to get the very beginning of that again, just, just right at the beginning. We know that God the Father is an embodied physical person. For him to be immaterial would make him essentially nothingness. We know from so there is the uh, similarity between atheists and Mormons. This is not clickbait. I did not serve you up clickbait. This is a reality. This is a similarity. You know, and clickbait gets clicks. There's a reason why they call it clickbait. Well, okay, maybe it was clickbait, but it wasn't false clickbait, right? Yeah, but, I mean, clickbait's a good thing. You want clicks. Click, yeah, well, that— People click should watch me us. But, That's yeah, what but, I'm saying. But, 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 but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to, If you're going to do clickbait— you have to mm -hmm. deliver on whatever it is yeah, you were clicking yeah, about. Yeah, and there you go. Like, I'm going to go ahead and ruin this because I thought about it, and then I felt convicted that I was going to do it. You had talked about we need to do one more episode in the old studio yeah. to say goodbye to it, and I thought about putting a picture of us in that studio and just putting on the thumbnail, we're leaving. And that would have been clickbait. Like, oh, are they quitting? And we would have gotten a lot of clicks, but it wouldn't have been right, Internet, and so we're not going to do it. No, I like that idea. Oh, well, it's too late we now. We did leave it. We are leaving I it. I mean, it would still work. These folks aren't going to I mean, it looks anyone. like a post-apocalyptic wasteland right now, though. So we're going to film it as is when we shoot <laughs> yeah. that. We're just going to kind of look like okay, so, we let um, it go into disrepair. Pritchett, is it true that only the material exists? No. Why, why would... I, I don't... I don't even... This is... Okay, so... In the history of philosophy and theology, and those are, you know, in the West kind of tied together, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, confusion brought about by the words like substance, for example, right? But you can talk about a something without it being physical or, you know, yeah, like an object or something. This has never been a, a cause of confusion until people stopped reading. So I, 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 don't, I, I don't know why you would assume that if something is immaterial, that is the equivalent of it not being a thing. Right. I mean, we have, we, okay, so obviously, and Kwaku, Kwaku, whatever, Kwaku, I don't know how to say your name. I'm not trying. <laughs> if you see this, I'm going to go with Kwaku. Kwaku, I'm going to go with Kwaku because... If I'm wrong, that sounds insulting. Um, Kwaku, if you see this, I am not trying to mess up your name. I'm sure you have a life history of having your name messed up. So please don't don't get up. My name is Braxton. I've, when I went to Universal Nobody Studios. Nobody gets that wrong. When I, yes, they do. Really? They call me Brandon uh, Baxter. When I went to Universal Studios, um, they used to have, I don't know if they still do, an ET ride where you get on, you get on these bicycles and you fly mm -hmm. through the sky and all that. And at the beginning, you say your name. And then at yeah. the end, E.T. will say goodbye, and then he'll say your name. Goodbye, Jonathan. Goodbye, Jonathan. E.T. said goodbye, Bradford. Bradford? Bradford. Yeah. Where did that come well, from? Man, Who my, programmed my the E.T. robot to say e. Bradford? E.T.T. is apparently A-R-D, because I get Pritchard, even when they're reading it off a thing that's spelled Pritchett, it's Pritchard when they say it. Pritchard, yeah. Like E.T.T. is A-R-D in some possible world. But, I mean, my last name's Pritchett. Kwaku, and imagine my childhood with all the words that rhyme with Pritch, for example. And that was intentional. <laughs> so, so I had it pretty rough. So I, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe not to, to the extent that you could have fun with Kwaku. Someone's saying here that, that Remnant Radio is after us, but I don't know if that was a joke or if they really are. I'm looking and I don't see anything. Um, all Who right, is? so someone mentioned Remnant Radio's after you guys. But I don't know what after that. us, like coming on after us. Or? No, the remnant radio is after y'all. Oh, oh, maybe that is what they mean. Coming on after. By the way, after this program at two o'clock, I'm supposed to be on with Clinton Wilcox. So I don't. So go to YouTube and search that, and we'll see what happens. Talking about the uh, RN Raw, I think about the RN Raw Eric Hernandez debate, but we'll see what happens. Okay, so Eric Hernandez is my favorite apologist. You're my favorite evangelist who uses apologetics, but Eric Hernandez is my favorite apologist. I'm just putting that out there. Everyone should go support him. Well, praise the Lord. I like Eric. Not All right, too. so um, now, what do we need to say about this? First of all, mind must precede matter. You know, the, if you listen to the spokespersons for Mormonism throughout its history, you will find some very uncomfortable statements. And even on fairmormon.org, which is an apologetics site for Mormons, um, <clears throat> that you'll, you'll find that they have a real hard problem with this idea that this Father God was once a man, and, as, and, and then there was one before that, and one before that, and one before that. And to ask 
how far back that goes is nonsense because it keeps going. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's an infinite an infinite regression of fathers, Mm -hmm. which is impossible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you want to know how to handle that, and this is really handy that if you're familiar with the defenses of the Kalam cosmological argument, like that, you know, uh, the second premise of it, the universe began to exist, that that when someone says, well, maybe it's past infinite, it can't be past infinite. You can't have a past infinite series of causal events because you'd never arrive at today and you don't even have a place to get started. And there's all kinds of problems with that philosophically. The same thing applies to an infinite regression of fathers. It's not possible. Well, Mormons have tried to escape that by saying, well, you know, Mormon uh, scripture isn't as clear as we'd like it to be there. So we don't really know what to say about that. Well, uh, here's the other thing. They will say that matter exists eternally in that sense. Yeah, in some state, all the cosmos has eternally existed in some way. Which is impossible. And because it, same problem, you don't have anywhere to start. You can't get to here. And, um, and so you can't have an infinite past like that. So if if the physical universe needs a beginning, what can cause it? Something physical? No, because if you find something physical, that's still part of what we're trying to explain. So what you actually need is something immaterial, not physical. This idea that if you can't touch it, this is the this is what Quaku, I hope, put out there, and what a lot of atheists put out there is, well, wait a minute, you can't touch it, you can't smell it, you can't see it, you can't feel it. How do you know? You can't hear it, you know, audibly. Although some people think they can. Um, how how do you how do you? This thing doesn't exist. You're describing something that doesn't exist. No, we're describing something that is non-physical, like yeah. numbers and laws of logic. And if are. idealism is true, then actually <laughs> yeah it's actually the other way around right <laughs> all you have access to is is your reason right your yeah. conscious experience yeah. how do you know that all this physical stuff is real in the sense that you think it's real right right so so anyway the so they got i have to be honest they've got something there going back what idealist barkley yeah just there's something there that it always it always nags on me it's like you know what idealism might be the, that might be the thing Hmm. Well, it's always it's ever present. I, I'm realist. I'm open to always, it. I'm open always to it. there with me. This is why um, you should read the great book. Great ideas go all the way back. Anyway. Oh, Remnant Radio is here. Oh, okay. They're in the they're in the uh, chat here. Remnant Radio. Nah, I love you guys. Well, no, dude, rip us to Lord. shreds. Rip us. Come no, on. Let's don't get... ask people to do that yeah. to us. What people? This do is a wonderful, on... Look, probably you, you Calvinist. Come me, you come uh, to me and you're like, guess what, man? So-and-so is talking about us right now, and I'm like, yes. I'm one of those there's no such thing as bad press kind of people. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, man, i got to deal, deal this, with this now then, for two then weeks. Then you're on Twitter for two weeks, and I'm just sitting in my office like, meh, whatever. Yeah, they're, they're saying— well, they're, what, well, what are they going to say? You're stupid. You're a gish guy. Oh, I mean, Christians don't do that to Well, them, no, but, not this but, guy. This guy's apparently nice. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm just but saying— But I'm worried when, about the other four of them. There's five here. Whenever anyone—Christians <laughs> or not— come after us i'm like you like it you press. like it okay yeah. but hold up clicks more i clicks think this is a, what i don't like is the people who don't link our video in their description though that's because we always do that to the people that we don't we well today i linked quack quakers um but i didn't link the two atheist ones but they're very well known uh, right. bionic dance and r and raw uh i think remnant radio is um uh, a Calvinist, mostly reform type deal, and uh, they are doing a lot of good work. It looks like here, and they just hosted a debate with Leighton Flowers and a guy. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Leighton Flowers and some <laughs> Layton, guy, some random Calvinist. Uh, here, I'll open it up. So Joe Webin, if anybody's watching today, God bless you. May your children rise up and call <laughs> you blessed. Um, so anyway, let's get back to business here. We've pretty well answered. You mean that's the Flowers thing. debated a really? That's the thing. On Calvinism. Yeah, he decided to talk about Calvinism. Yeah, man. He was talking about that's Calvinism. Something. So, um, Who'd have thought? We're done talking about that. We've done that. Um, uh, Smoky Saint? Yeah, I just, I don't get the whole, if it's not physical, it's not a thing. And that's just, that's, that's been. Oh, he's not even a Calvinist. He's not, he says, no, I'm not a Calvinist. Well, praise the Lord. 
Um, if you were, it'd be fine. We love Calvinists. There's yeah. probably Calvinists floating around in here. Yeah. Some Catholics, some atheists, lots of atheists. In yeah. fact, Smokey Saint says, any chance for a shout out to salty atheistic polemicist YouTuber with only 500 subs? There you go. There it is. I don't know anything about the, um, the, the channel, but I'm glad you're here, Smokey Saint. Thank you for appearing. If you have, if you show clips of us, please put a link to the video. Yeah. Um, all right, so now it's just Q&A. What do you guys want to talk about in the time that we have remaining? Bring Wait, up something good. Really speaks about, that's funny. Bring up something good and bring up something fast because... Somebody uh, asked what I specialize in. A uh, little bit of Biblical this, studies. A little bit of that. Yeah, mostly biblical studies. And apologetics. I, I, look, my hero is Mortimer Adler. And another one of my heroes is Braxton Hunter. Oh, one of my heroes is uh, Pritchett Pine. Oh, come on, you can't just throw that out there because I said this. But look, listen to me. Both of us did something very similar in our education. And, and, and he did not, I don't know if he knew, knew this or not. But so, so Mortimer Adler, he, he actually got his PhD in uh, psychology, even though he's often considered a, you know, a philosopher or at least a philosophy popularizer. You know, he's... Robert Hutchins co-directed the first great books of the Western World Series. Mm -hmm. And he was a, and I think this is right, he was a big fan of generalists. He just thinks that everyone should be a competent generalist. And then you can also have some, uh, you, you can specialize, but he even believed that PhDs should not be teaching at the college level, except for very specific research-oriented uh, courses, but not overseas programs. He always thought that there should be a doctor of arts and there was for a time. But he thought that those people, the generalists, people who knew a lot about a lot of things, because mm -hmm. when you get a Ph.D., you get a very, very little sliver that you know a whole bunch about, but it's just a tiny bit of thing that you spend years of your life going for. And so I always liked and appreciated that that angle on things. I'm people. Somebody also asked about it. What can I do with an apologetics degree? And this is what I'm trying to say. This all ties in and answers a couple questions at once. We can say biblical studies for me or whatever, but I still try to be as broad as possible. I have, I think liberal arts education is super important, and I strive to be a generalist. And you know what? Jack of all trades, master of none, maybe. But you know what? Jack is the person who gets the most work done in our culture at anything and everything. It's always Jack. It's not... It's not the people that, and that's same with his debate philosophy. Who is who is actually making a difference out there? So, look, I'm all for uh, generalizers and general, you know, uh, liberal arts uh, generalists, specializations for insects. Um, we have to do it to get our degrees or whatever. But I don't really. I mean, I think that my uh, you know interests since I finished my doctoral program have radically shifted. I don't really care about the Calvinism thing. I was in Romans 9, and I'm, I spend a lot of my time doing Patrine studies and stuff. I'm not even interested, really, in Pauline stuff, even though I talk, you know, spend a lot of time in that. But it's just, I, I like to be a generalist, and I, I think for people with apologetics degrees, you should be, you should know a lot of bit about a lot of things and so you can do a lot of things when you know a lot of things about a lot of things and so be a generalist with your apologetics degree and i i say pursue a church to work at punch bowl haircut gave us five dollars sweet thank you so much we don't deserve it i just checked a youtube video and it was pronounced quaku sorry quaku I, I Isn't swear. Isn't that what you actually been saying though? I think I mostly have, but yeah. but I yeah. Apologists here, should be pastors. Here's a, so here's some programmers. And, and start a YouTube channel. The programmers talking about Henry Stapp's book, Mindful Universe. He showed that mental activity precedes brain function. The mind and the brain cannot be said to be one. Yeah, and Henry Stapp shows up a lot in the journal articles when you're researching free will and anything related to the philosophy of mind. But if he's if if he's if you watch a video of that man, um get ready to really have to look at images like this because it's going to get, it's going to, it's like, it's tough. Okay. Sorry, Henry Stapp. If you hurt. ever see, if you ever see this video, he won't. Um, here's a question for you, Pritchett. Um, hey, do you think Calvinist Catholics, Orthodox and evangel evangelicals, I think he means are equally saved? 
Um, and as much as there are also people among all of those categories that are not. They're trusting Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, are there Christians? Say, I mean, you know, yeah, they're, they're, all, I, they're all Christians. Um, okay, what, what, else, what else do we have here? Any questions from anybody? My apologetics degree helps me get a clearer picture of the truth of the people that are in that, that turns out that people are in question of clear picture of the truths that people are in question of. That's good. Um, um, let's see. How long ago did Sam debate him? I don't know. I saw a little bit of that one. That one was pretty rough. It was maybe a little bit like the presidential debate the other night. Um, uh, let's see. Haircut. How many stories up is your office? We're Thir- on 13. 13. Imagine that. 13. 13 floors. Up. So, um, no bad luck so far. Uh, wonderful. Thank you, Derek P.G. Baylor. Nice. You guys didn't set up debates, but do you ever reach out to YouTube atheists personally to try and talk, even if not recorded? My last name is pronounced. Oh, sorry. Beeler. <laughs> that was handy. Beeler, Thank you. He foresaw. He foreknew my, my mistake there. Um, yeah, well, I've had conversations, with, uh, private conversations about stuff with... Shannon Q and public with Shannon Q, um, Paul Logia privately, um, uh, uh, Godless Engineer, Alex Malpass, and probably some others. But those are the ones that come to mind. So yes, um, yeah. So I so I don't I don't I don't see any questions, guys. Nobody. I mean, it's I always think that it's it's kind of arrogant to say, "Do you have questions for us?" Like we're these purveyors of knowledge and have all your answers. Pritchett might, but I don't, or I might not. Pritchett did take the stairs for a while, but Um, you can't get in the, it's locked. So you have to make sure someone's there to let you in. Braxton leaves. See, you actually, to get on our floor, you have to have a key card in the elevator because if you push 13 in this building, you ain't going to the 13th floor. It will not light up for you unless you wave your key card first because Braxton Hunter is actually, you know, really weird about security because there are people that are trying to kill him. So we don't just let people come up here. And so, strangely enough, he also often forgets his key card. And guess who he calls to come let him in the in the building? So I have to go down to the fifth floor, which is where you come in from the parking And what do you deck. say every time when I say, I'm sorry? I'm, I'm happy to do it. No, that's not what you say. No, it's not what I say. You say it's something what I say more, for the camera. You know, you say something more official than that. I serve. I serve at the pleasure of the president. That's what he says to me every time. And I didn't make him say it. Pritchett, no. this one's for you because you just did a whole video on this. What about Roman Catholics that hold to the Council of Trent and believe that justification by grace through faith alone is anathema? They have an opinion that they're not going to hell for having a theory about justification. Well, now remnant radio and they is going to other people us. have a different theory, justification theory. This, you know what? I'm going to plug a, a video, um, really good video on MJ Jackson's uh, channel, the Urban Christian Institute. I watched it last night, and they were talking about what is the gospel. And him and his guest, and I'm sorry I'm forgetting his name, MJ, if you're still in the chat, throw throw the guy's name out there, remind me. But I did listen to it, and they were recapping a debate that he did with another uh, guy named K-Dub. Um, and, and they were talking about the gospel. And they get the gospel almost entirely correct. And you know what is not a part of the gospel package? What's your theory of justification? Right? What, what is your theory of justification? What is your later justification theory? You know, mm-hmm. it, do you have to affirm the Luther slash Melanchthon theory of justification from 500 years ago and, you know, re, uh, retcon that back into Galatians? No, you don't. So, yes, if you have an opinion about justification that's different from Luther's reading filtered through the theologizing of Melanchthon, okay, who cares? That's not, your salvation is not dependent on that. That's not what Paul was going on about in Galatians, about a different gospel. Like, it wasn't a, it wasn't one theory of 
how justification works versus it, it was it was who are the people of God? Oh, it's Jesus plus Torah works of Torah. You add that, and that's what they were claim, the Judaizers were claiming justification was right. You have to become Jewish to be Christian. That's not the same fight of the Reformation. But if it would have been more similar, I think, if if it was like okay, you you can't be Jewish anymore to be a Christian. So to be just, you have to you have to you have to forsake the Judaism, right? Samuel. That, but Chris that would Bryan, be even closer, MJ in my opinion. Your question, yeah. Chris Bryan Samuel, the apologist in Detroit. Right, that would be even closer than what the Reformation's arguments were about versus what was going on in the first century. In my opinion, I know people are going to take issue with that. It's like no, because because it's Judaism, it's works of the law plus plus uh, faith, and 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 Catholicism is good works plus faith. You know, because they read James in a particular way that makes sense to a lot of people. I'm sorry that this you, it's it's a whole thing that 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 that's just that's not the discussion in Galatians, right? Yeah. Um, so so I just don't think that that saying plus, by the way, everyone affirms that good works are necessary for salvation in some sense, as in you will have good works in normal circumstances over the course of your Christian life. They may all get burnt up at judgment, but you'll still get saved as if by fire. But Christians will generally, you know, all things being equal, you live a normal life, not, okay, not trying to make every exception for what good work did the thief of the cross have or whatever. But I'm just saying, in normal circumstances, most Christians will have some good works, and everyone thinks that the justified, justification produces works, Right. How that happens, people argue about sanctification, people argue about justification. I don't think that's enough to say Catholics aren't Christians because they disagree with Melanchthon's theologizing of Luther's reading of Galatians while having an existential crisis about his poor behavior. So I just, yeah. Well, he says, we can disagree, LOL. I won't make a response video, I promise. Well, you have like, what, 30,000 subscribers? Yeah, so as long do. as it's a courtious response video, that's do. perfectly fine. And, and aim, it, aim it mostly at Pritchett and link to our channel. Yeah, but I, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just do not see kicking Catholics out of the kingdom over a difference in justification as being... Okay, here we go. If people are going to... I'll take this one, I'll let you take the next one. If people are going to hell may help the maximum number of people go to heaven, does that mean I may in part be going to heaven because some people are going to hell? So um, this is best understood. I think that he's couching this in the terms of possible world semantics and Molinism. And I'm a Molinist, but not for the reasons that not because of anything to do with soteriology, which is why most people are Molinists. Um, but uh, anyway, to answer the question, so the idea is God is aware of all possible worlds, right? And among those possible worlds, the most Molinists would say God decides to give man libertarian freedom. So that so there are possible worlds where determinism is true, like, you know, and Calvinism would basically be the thing, but he doesn't want to create those worlds because we, I mean, that, that's the deduction from, we don't believe that he did make the, that world. And so, um, so he has the feasible worlds, a subset of possible worlds, worlds where man has free will to choose from, to, to, uh, to then actualize one of those worlds. And that's the world we live in. These other worlds don't actually exist. This is just, um, this is just a way of conceptualizing what God would be aware would be the case if he'd created differently. And so um, the, this is all set up to answering the question. So you have uh, so you have worlds where man has free creatures and the world that God actualizes is the one where God's goals are ultimately best met. Now, the reason you still have suffering is because man has libertarian freedom and it and we would presume there is no world of free creatures where there's no suffering and everyone freely accepts Jesus. OK, or else God would have actualized that world. So God has goals, um, and most Molinists s uh, speculate that the goal, that the primary goal would be to create a world in which the most people freely choose to be saved, i.e. freely choose to become Christians. Okay, so, but it may be that, it, so it, it may be that God, if God actualizes a world where person A becomes a Christian, five other people don't become a Christian, but if he actualizes a world where person A isn't a Christian, these five others will be Christians, 
And so he has to kind of pick his battles. That's how some Molinists think about it. And so punch bowl haircut is wondering that that kind of didn't, I'm suspecting he's thinking that really doesn't seem right because that means I might be going to heaven on the back of somebody else going in, going to hell who might've gone to heaven in some other world. Right. Mm. Okay. Here, here's the thing with that. No one can prove to me and the burden of proof would be on the person making the claim that we are not living in the world where everyone that would freely be saved in any feasible world is, and everyone who would reject in every feasible world um, rejects. If that's possible, then it solves that problem. And no one, I, and I'm, you know, there's, I don't, I've never heard a response to that that's compelling. So that could be the case. And if that's the, even a possibility, it defeats the claim that this is not fair in some way. So uh, that's, that's the answer I'm giving to that. Um, let's, let's see, there was, there was one that I didn't know how to answer, Pritchett. Do you, can you believe it? Um, yes, you can. I, I don't know where it went, though. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Someone was asking something about... Here we go. Are you open to the idea that Judas represents the tribe of Judah and the Judeans, Yahwists, were the ones who killed Jesus and worshipped Yahweh, this is the part that gets me, instead of God the Father? That doesn't make any sense to me, that question. I've never heard this. Uh, I'm, I always entertain ideas, so I'm open to any I'm ideas. I'm not understanding Yahweh instead of God the Father. Whether I find it, you know, compelling or even interesting, it's, but I, I mean, yes, send us something on it. What do you believe about the events <coughs> the Bible clearly says are planned by God, ordained, and libertarian free will? The cross, Joseph, and freeing from Egypt are some. Pritchett? I don't, this is, okay, so I've said this a million times. I don't have omniscience, right? I foreknow all kinds of stuff. I predestine people all the time. Right? Without you, I foreordained things, and I'm not even God, and I can foreordain tons of stuff and for people to do things. I, I do not see how, unless you make an equivocation fallacy of determine and determinism, I, do, I, determine, I predetermine things all day long. I do not see how it follows from determining to do something, predetermining to do something, predestining someone to something, how how that is determinism called determinism. And says no one, or for knowing, and for that matter, for knowing something infallibly, unlike me, if I can do it infallibly and determinism not follow from that, God can do it infallibly and determinism not follow, follow from it. I do not see how determinism follows from anything that God has foreordained, predestined, predetermined, pick your word, how determinism, philosophical determinism, qual-determinism follows from any of that. So I believe well, that plus, free will exists and that God predetermined all of those. And I believe libertarian free will exists because determinism does not follow from God deciding something's going to happen in advance. Well, plus— you, And God you, acting in the universe to make it happen in advance. God does stuff. It's no surprise to anyone. Yeah, so, um, and, and here's the thing, too. God can, God can redeem our evil actions and use them for his purposes, even if he would prefer that the evil didn't happen. And if, he, if given the fact that, that in all feasible worlds for God to create, free creatures do sin and, and there's a need for, uh, and, and, you, and you then have to have the cross and Jesus dying for the sin of the world, then in such a case, he could choose the world in which individuals conspire to do these things for a purpose. That's Molinism. That answers that yeah, question. Our, our Calvinist and open theism friends have tried in vain to convince everyone that if God even just foreknows something, determinism is true, which I've found <clears throat> that to be silly, and most Molinists and even Arminians do as well. Now— as far as, I just, even with 
redeeming evil. See, God knows what we're going to do in advance, and he also knows what he's going to do in advance. And so I'm with Braxton. Like, when people... When people talk about Joseph, you know, in Genesis 50-20, what you meant for... I don't care how much unpacking of the Hebrew you want to do, and I don't know how much hand-waving Piper does about mint. He meant it, meant it, meant it, whatever. Yeah, you know what doesn't follow from that? Philosophical determinism doesn't follow from that. If... I have a caveat. If it said God intended you to intend evil for good, I'd be a Calvinist and affirm determinism, at least. But that's not what it says. Uh, do you hold to penal substitution? If so, how important is it to you? I hold it, to penal substitution. Yeah, I hold to penal substitution too, and it's important to me because it has to do with how we conceptualize the justice of God. As I've said repeatedly on the show, even this week, more than once, I think that um, one of the ways we make sense of atrocities in the Old Testament, what are called atrocities in the Old Testament, hell, um, and other forms of judgment, is that... Um, God is a just God. And I think in order to be a good God, he has to be a just God. It's not good not to be just. It's not good not to dole out the, what, the justice where it should be done. And so in Christ, what we see is a God who is also a God of love and a God of justice, such that he, he, the, the, you know, there, there has to be a punishment for sin. But at the same time, God wants to find a way to redeem the world and he has to satisfy both of those things in order to be good the way he is, maximally good. And so he has a way. The everlasting person comes to die on the cross for the everlasting sin of mankind as a man, as a federal head of mankind, such that that, uh, th that penalty has been paid by substitution. So it's penal substitution. Now, I think, like Pritchett, Pritchett has convinced me of this, that, and of course, this was long before this week's um, or last week's discussion with Greg Boyd and William Lane Craig, where, where Craig basically said the same thing Pritchett's been saying for a long time, which is that um, a lot of the other um, aspects like Christus Victor and some of these other things, ransom theory and all those things, that it's not that those are false. It's that you have to make sense of all of the New Testament texts on that. And the one that makes the best sense of all of them is those are aspects that are true more or less in what they're saying, but penal substitution kind of serves as the engine behind those. Is that, do you agree with all that? Pretty? No. Okay. No, <laughs> I haven't said that. What I've, what I've always said is Christus Victor's the main atonement theory under which I would put penal substitution and atonement. Uh, I think it was Bruce Ware who, who put it, puts it the other way around. But I agree with Michael Byrd that Christus Victor is the main thing, and then penal substitution, and, and then... Oh, the, no, no, no. So you agree with me that they all are present. Yeah. You just disagree about which one you like the best. No. I, well, the question is how important is it to you? So to me, I affirm penal substitutionary atonement. I'm 10 out of 10 on imp affirming it. I'm, is it a, how important to me? It's a 6 out of 10. So it's the one you like it's, the best. No, Christus Victor is the main. I mean, that Christus Victor is the one is you the like main, the uh, Is the main, is the umbrella of the atonement under which penal substitutionary atonement, I would say, would be the thing that you hold. Uh, <clears throat> and then all the other atonement theories that are valid, you know, are under the umbrella. Trinity Radio, is Jonathan Pritchett going to do the Bible Bout series? He is. On it's Radio still, it's still coming. Guys, I, I'm, you know, I. Bible Bouts this is This one a, I can actually blame on others. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Okay. Bible Bouts is a proposed idea by Jonathan Pritchett that you have two guys argue, or ladies, argue about, um, like, what's the best Bible kill? Yeah. Um, who would be the most attractive man or woman in the Bible? Um, yeah. Easy, Adam and Eve. Um, you know, the, things like that. Nah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's just getting schedules and all of that stuff has been a hassle. Um. Someone asked something. I'm, I've lost it now. Should we expect Christians to disbelieve? Okay, here we go. Should we expect strong disagreement among believers, such as differences about what is sin, Calvinism and Arminianism, or denominational differences, if the Christian God exists? Yes. Yes. Because there are several things at play there. First of all, even if someone has the best intentions, um, so you number one, you have free will, right? You, you get to make free choices, and sometimes your biases 
that are a result of sin sometimes, your own biases can color how you interpret certain passages of scripture. The most obvious examples of that are the attempts to make it sound like the Bible should be read in a, you know, a racist way because the person reading it is a racist or should be read to say that uh, homosexuality is uh, biblically permissible because they happen to want it to be or something like that. And so, but, but there are obviously much lesser examples where it would be hard for the person to even realize that's what's happening. So you've really got to evaluate all the time. Why do I hold the positions that I hold? And fortunately, the Internet has made it much easier and and harder in some ways, easier in terms of access to information from opposing Christian Orthodox views, but also um, more difficult in that that is overwhelming. So it's a very difficult thing. and I encourage people to spend a lot of time in prayer and reading the Bible and trying to understand what's being said. Another reason why it it should be uh, considered um, or why it would happen, why we'd expect this is because we tend to be people who latch on to personalities. And so um, there's a whole lot of people that if James White says something, that's the gospel truth because they admire James White. Now, they don't think of it that way. Uh, for me, at times, it's been that way with James, with, with James White, William, with William Lane Craig, Lane Craig or, or before that, Norman Geisler. And so I, but I disagree with uh, William Lane Craig when it comes to some biblical issues. So you have to think about what it is all the factors that all, go all into factors. somebody coming to a conclusion but is it surprising no it's not surprising yeah, yeah it's not surprising plus uh, you know what you know what all christians have in common from the east to the west that are orthodox one bible two testaments three creeds four councils and the consensus of the first five centuries which is historic orthodox christianity and why whether you're Lutheran or a Protestant of some variety, or if you're Catholic or if you're Eastern Orthodox, whatever, you affirm those things that every Christian in all times and all places, everywhere the Vincentian canon has believed, that you can know is solid gold truth because everyone affirms it. And that's why I think that's, as far as doctrinal things go, beyond believing the Lord Jesus Christ, you should be saved. What do you need to believe to have the right Jesus, the right understanding of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all that? That Vincentian canon, so to speak, of consensus of agreement across every Christian since ancient times. That's So to me, that's why, for Remnant Radio that was wondering, that's why I'm like, later debates— don't that's i'm sorry <coughs> there's no more ecumenical can and i only the first four by the way not the not the last three that affirm all that one bible two testaments three creeds four uh councils in the first five centuries of consensus believe that you're 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 on sure footing so everything else is just ideas of varying degrees of merit or or heresy so so uh looks like remnant radio and dustin ellerby are, are working that issue out because apparently Remnant Radio knows what he's talking about more than we do. The church split. This is one of our students, by the way, at Trinity College of the Bible yeah. Theological Seminary. He says, what are your guys' thoughts on a literal or local worldwide flood? I believe in a literal flood. You believe in a literal flood? Yeah. And as far as whether it's worldwide, my position has been for a long time that it was worldwide. Um, I realize that even most apologists today that otherwise would agree with me on a lot of things tend to think it's a local flood. I'm still going with worldwide till I find a better reason not to. You know, while they're still talking about heliocentrism and was it geocentrism, while they're still talking about that, I saw a debate on YouTube that I thought was solid gold. It was uh, a flat earther versus uh, the Catholic apologist that yeah. used to debate William Lane Craig all the time. Uh, starts with an S. Sengenis. Sengenis, yeah, Robert, Robert Sengenis. and It's good. But they both agree that heliocentrism is false, even though they disagreed on the earth being flat. But I, I, I was like, this is what Robert Sengenis is doing with his time these days, apparently. But I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun while y'all are on. I just saw that and it made me think yeah, of do that. You, uh, do you hold that God is maximally merciful and just? It seems to me that mercy necessarily entails a suspension of justice. So to be maximally both results in a contradiction. No, and the, re- and, and the reason is because, so we've talked about maximal justice and maximal love, I guess, mm-hmm. and that that's what you get with the cross. To me, that whole operation is a mercy because he didn't have to do it. But he did, that but, whole operation is just. And it, he yeah. sent forth his son 
to be just and to declare just the one who has faith. So that's Romans 3 explains all that. Okay, Brando wants to know, in your opinion, how far would a group have to go to become unsaved heretics? What is the cutoff line? Denying the person of Christ? Yes. Yes. Could it be the other things if if they accept the person of Christ? What other Uh, things? Well, yeah, I I mean, I think that you you need to um, affirm, uh, I think you need to affirm the, 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 the incarnation of Christ, that yeah. Jesus is God, um, the, the literal resurrection, the bodily resurrection of, of Jesus. Yeah. Um, what are some, what are some other ones? The Trinity. The, well, the nature of the Trinity. Now that's, yeah, you, that's an you, interesting topic, um, to yeah, discuss. It, it, yeah. And it's, it's, um, part of that Vincentian canon I mentioned, you know, if you, if you can't even the other make it through the Apostles' Creed, you're done. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're done. If you can't even make it through the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I... I you know this. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I have like five or six that I think are necessary. But anyway. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. What do you think it makes... Um, so I'm a big fan of... Uh, he says he thinks it answers his question. Yeah, I'm a big fan uh, of Thomas Oden. I like the whole paleo-orthodoxy thing. I think everyone should jump on board with it. I consider myself a paleo-baptist, to be specific, since I uh, affirm credo-baptism. And even though I don't care about paleo-baptism, it's not like I don't get—who cares? Uh, it, I don't affirm that, so— if a church isn't theologically oh, liberal or progressive Christianity yet, what do you think are the early warning signs they're moving that direction? Um, I think their views on social issues are a good, uh, that's a good tell. How they understand scripture, how do they look at scripture? Like, um, do they consider scripture to be authoritative? Do they, uh, what, you know, you can look for signs of postmodernism in their thinking. Um, do, do they seem to, speak like you don't they don't have to be like a hardcore like um um relativist or something but you can you can listen and notice how they're kind of seem to be moving that way out i know a lot of people who are in the category i think you're talking about where they're not if you hear progressive yeah if you hear if you hear it's like pornography it's hard to describe but you know it when you see it right (laughs) but i i think i think it's uh, an early, probably one of the earliest warning signs would be their view of scripture in light of social issues of the day, and so you gotta, you, you need to look at how they approach social issues of the day and what their reading of scripture is, and if it goes against the overwhelming, and it's usually on something moral, right? So it's usually sexuality, you know, human sexuality or whatever. And if you start seeing a softening, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that this is a slippery, sl- I'm not trying to say that, but it, there's almost well, always... some slopes a, are slippery. Yeah, but there's always, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and 99.9% of the time, it's going to be that I- an issue dealing with some issue of morality and the historic Christian tradition, uh, tradition uh, the position on that gets poo-pooed. That is Derek, the earliest thank you, sign. Thank you for the super chat. Derek Beeler. Derek Beeler. Uh, Remnant Radio wants you to know, Jonathan, hey, man, I'm about as ecumenical as they get. I've had interviews with Lutherans, Presbyterians, Baptists, Pentecostals, Anglicans, Church of Christ, and Eastern Orthodox. Amen. Um, uh, yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff here. People are just, you know... People are so used to fiery debates on the internet all the time that they forget that it's like, yeah, but these things that we debate, most people sitting in most churches aren't, they don't watch this stuff. What do you do if your child is a homosexual? Do you disown them, kick them out? How are we to go about this if they are set in their ways? Saw me talking about disowning homosexuals. That's never, never. What kind of, what? No. What's what's wrong with the memer who made that yeah. meme? Are you kidding me? No. See, I look at it. I mean, you can make a principle from like the 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 faithful spouse to an unbelieving spouse, right? Yeah. Uh, from Paul, you know yeah. what? You be faithful, and hope, and, and and you pray for your child, and you love your child. Is Doctor Pritchett a New Testament scholar? 
Yeah, I guess. Yes. Did you count me as a New what? Testament? Yes. Yeah. You've been asked by journals to offer uh, yeah, journal but, articles. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, but... But see, then you're pigeonholed. It goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, I'm, I, I like to be a generalist, but he's yeah, considered I mean, and it, called a scholar by other New Testament scholars. Yeah. And like that. that was my doctoral area. But if by yeah. scholar you mean has he written a book, then no, he's not a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you know I'm not finished with my books? I know you. Yeah, they're still being. Um, okay. Well, it looks I like just want to say God could not do it. I do not think. He does. Do, oh, that must be part of a conversation. Yeah. That I'm not aware of. Yeah. Well, okay. Th- I didn't get to everybody. Um, yeah, I'm sure. But you've got to go do something else. I got, I got another thing coming up. You but, got another um, thing you need to get ready for. But hey, this has been awesome. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you all for showing up. Yeah. And remember, this is the channel that loves atheists. And you should check out the other channels in the Trinity Commission. We are a part of a podcast consortium, though we don't point that out explicitly much of the time. But you should check out Leighton Flowers at um, the uh, uh, Soteriology 101 and Matt Chisholm and Billy Wendelin at the Bible Brodown, Steve Gregg at the Narrow Path, and uh, uh, Sean Hurst um, and Chris Date at Theopologetics. Notice right? when we're wrapping up, they start tossing in the questions. Yeah, and, and also because he's here today, one of the one of the people from Remnant Radio, check out Remnant Radio. All right, but really check out Theology Geek Fitness and Trinity Radio Extra because it's just more me. Oh, can we get the live feed of Indiana back up for the ending? You most certainly can. Yeah. What a reasonable request, and we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. It's in color. Too much contrast. Oh, there was also a question about is universalism a flag? Yeah, I'd say. We're by the way, we're we're they can hear us. Yeah. So don't cuss or anything. No, I'm no, I was responding <laughs> to a question that Beeler asked. Beeler. He told us how to say it. And it, yes, universalism to me would be a sign. But fractures mileage may vary. I wonder if these people down on the street know that they're being broadcast to people all over the world right now by the way guys you see the blue sign to the left there that looks like it has the earth on it the very round earth down and just to the right of that there's a white there's a white looking rectangular shapes canopy of sorts that's the coffee shop that's where I get all my iced coffee that Pritchett hates and it's overpriced and not even good coffee. It's excellent coffee. Are you kidding? River City Coffee. I'll yeah, I've never, they have good. They have, for them. they have great hot chocolate. The coffee, it, which is their main thing, hot chocolate should be the main thing. Yes, it's downtown Evansville Slam Arena. Such as it is. All right, well, we out. We're out.